Hey, Jesse Paul Smith here with another episode of My Creative District podcast. Super excited to jump into this conversation with my boy, Andrew Conroy from AC Remote Mixing. In this episode, we actually talk to somebody that just started a business out of COVID. He was a drummer, touring, and obviously with live shows shutting down, he was left trying to figure out what in the world to do. But because he started to dig into looking at what other skill sets he had and understanding what needs were in the marketplace, he was able to start a business that's now fully sustaining himself. I think this is going to be really good for all of you guys out there that are wanting to learn how to start a business uh, with your passion for performing. So uh, get into this. You're going to get a ton of value into it. Let's get to it. Welcome to another episode of the My Creative District podcast, where we discuss how to channel your creative power into building the life you want, building the business you want, and making the impact you want. We believe creatives can live out a passionate and fulfilled life when they completely embrace their unique design and purpose. Want to turn your passion into profit? Stay tuned to hear from industry professionals, paradigm shifters, and world changers who have done just that and live it every day. This is the My Creative District podcast with your host, Jesse Paul Smith. All right. Welcome to another episode here at the My Creative District podcast. I'm super excited to dive into this conversation. I know that we've, in previous episodes, I've had a ton of people that have been on that have launched businesses, massive businesses. We've talked about marketing and all these kinds of things, but I'm super excited to get into this conversation with my boy, Andrew here from AC Mixing, uh, remote mixing out of the UK, actually, uh, because we're going to talk about how he took his passion for drumming and when everything hit the fan, he was, he was required to pivot and how he actually used his uh, other skill sets to develop and his passion for drumming to develop another type of business. You've heard me talk about this over and over and over again, that every single creative has an and, We've got, we might love to drum, we might love to sing, we might love to dance, we might love to, to do all these different things, but we have other skill sets that if we combine them with our passion to perform, our passion to create, really we could turn it into a lucrative business. So I'm excited to get into this conversation. Uh, Andrew, so grateful for you to join this podcast. Welcome, brother. Absolutely. Thanks a million for having me on. You know, it's an absolute privilege to be here. I do have to say that this, this interview is already going to be up-leveled because you have the coolest accent ever. Uh, it's the Irish accent. <laughs> I, I, I have done a couple of acting classes like in high school and stuff, and they would always try to get us to do accents. And I would work on trying to have a cool either English accent or Irish accent. I fail miserably. I think it's my, I think it's my, uh, you know, my Norwegian roots or whatever up in Minnesota. Yeah. Don't you know? So it, it, it really impedes me from being able to be successful at that. But, uh, so our, I want to dive a little bit into your story. I know that, you know, you have been a, a drummer now for a number of years. Wh- what got you started into all that? Yeah, absolutely. So I've been playing drums now about 15 or 16 years. Um, I started off in school and kind of shortly after that, I started getting lessons. So, you know, once I kind of got to know friends who were musicians, you know, guitarists and bass players, we started kind of forming bands and, you know, it just took off from there. Um, 
just, you know, once I progressed enough that I started kind of going more professional into, you know, wedding and corporate bands then and obviously staying on the original scene as well. So, you know, I got the the best pick of both worlds, you know, originals and covers. So, you know, whenever the original bands were just taking off and not making an income, I was still making an income from doing, you know, corporate weddings and, you know, pub gigs. So, I mean, when you were in school, did you did you really think that you were going to make this your career? I mean, I know that so many of us are like, we, we got the dreams, right? We, we, we're going to be a, we're going to be a professional on stage our entire life. But like, was that truly your focus uh, in high school as you were like, this is going to be my thing. This is what I'm going to make a career on. This is actually a funny story because whenever I was in school, I actually didn't want to be a full-time professional musician. I actually was going to study mechanical engineering. So I basically did a whole 360 and, you know, changed at the last minute. I was actually in my last year of school and I had my college application gone in. I got my spot in college and I decided, you know, just over the summer before I went into first year in college that, you know, mechanical engineering wasn't going to be for me. So I decided to go down the route of uh, music. So I took a year out and, you know, went back and repeated my final year in school and kind of just really thought about where I wanted to go. And that's, I suppose, how it came up that, you know, I was going to go into the world of music. So once I had that preset out, that's what I wanted to do. You know, I was hell bent on making it in the music industry, no matter what. Now, what was the reaction of everybody else when you told them, yeah, I'm almost done, but uh, I'm, 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 I'm going to, I'm going to wait. I'm going to pull back. I want to, I want to reassess life. What was, what was the the reaction you got? Um, to be honest, the, the reaction was actually really good. Um, my family jokes that I'm only made for an office job. I, I'm not made to be out in a, in a field or, you know, doing engineering. So you know, I think they were happy as long as I was doing what I loved and, you know, that I felt that I could make a career out of it. Um, they didn't have any issues. And, you know, my family have been so supportive from a young age, uh, you know, bringing me to gigs, you know, when I needed it and, you know, just helping me out where where it was needed. So that was always great. Now, when you took that time off, had you already been making money as a drummer when you when you took this this year to kind of, you know, clear your head and figure out where you wanted to go? Um, yeah, I had been making it now. I was only kind of a small drummer at the time. So I was playing in local bands. So I was making, you know, money on a Saturday night um, in local venues. But, um, you know, I was starting to see that income, you know, starting to come in from maybe 17, 18 years old. So what did you do? How did you how did you go from being a Saturday night gigger to like really turning this into something that financially could sustain you because that's i think a lot of things that people you know they have the the big dream but what like we have a journey to to get there right so um how did you go from from saturday night to expanding that out um to be honest just getting my name out there you know going from like that just playing on a saturday night to eventually becoming more of a session drummer and, you know, I got my name out there so much as a session drummer. And, you know, that that kind of was what kept me going, especially through COVID, along with the, the mixing service. You know, it just kind of catapulted me. But um, long story short, basically going from the Saturday nights, just getting my name out there um, playing with bands, no matter, you know, where they were or who they were as well. Um, you know, if I wasn't out with my main band, I was out looking for another gig as well. 
So, you know, I wanted to be out on the road, you know, playing shows. So just making sure that I had a gig lined up, you know, every weekend and just getting my name out there. Now, getting your name out there, that's that's a pretty broad term. So like what were some of the strategies you used to connect with these other groups and figure out where who needed drummer and, you know, uh, and being able to get hired? Because I'm sure there's a ton of drummers. Right. So how did you kind of stand out and make sure that they chose you? Absolutely. So I think starting out, um, I was very naive on social media. You know, I didn't really have any social media starting out. Um, so for me, making the connections was going to other people's shows, um, you know, other musicians and, you know, talking to them afterwards and just kind of building a connection that way. And obviously then if their drummer couldn't make a gig, I was next in line for that gig. So, um, you know, just making contacts, you know, actual um, physical in-person contacts. And then obviously down the line, um, when I got more into social media, it was just, um, you know, DMing and just basically putting myself out there on social media, you know, being social on social media. Now, were you putting out at the time, were you putting out a lot of video content of you drumming or was it more so that you were relying on, you know, your reputation or how, how was it that you were getting these people to know that you would have the chops that they would want to, to even have you play with them? It was definitely a mixture of both. Um, it was at the start, it was definitely my reputation that got me a lot of places. Um, knowing that I was the reliable drummer, knowing that I would show up and know the parts and be confident doing it. But also, you know, thinking now where I am, um, now it's morely focused on, you know, the, the content that I'm putting out. So the videos of sessions that I'm doing, you know, I do a lot of drum covers as well. So, you know, just showing that I can play these different styles and just, you know, putting the content out there. So let's let's talk about that a, a little bit, because, um, you know, obviously there's a lot of drummers out there. It can get hard to cut through the noise, so to speak. Talk to me a little bit about reputation and why you know that that's such a important thing to build a good name on. And, and what are things that you're seeing people do wrong that's actually keeping them from being able to, you know, get these other gigs that so many times they're, they're working hard to get? Yeah, definitely. Um, reputation is everything in my eyes, you know. Um, thinking back to my first actual um, corporate kind of wedding band, um, I went for an audition and I actually didn't get it because there was a drummer who, you know, was better than I was. Like he was just more advanced. But three months down the line, I get a phone call and the drummer will say wasn't the most professional. So he was showing up to gigs and, you know, he was very much he had an ego and you know fueled with alcohol as well so that you know was a recipe for disaster so um i basically went in and filled in for two or three gigs and i was there for you know two or three years after um before we eventually um stopped that band but um you know being a drummer who can be confident but also you know can put out the um what i say just being reliable um, you know, and not having an ego, leaving your ego at the door. That's, that's key, you know, in having a good reputation in my eyes. And I, I think this is so important because as creators, we, we definitely have egos, some, some good, some bad, right? We have a lot of insecurities and ego comes out in a, in a bunch of different ways. And I think you said it, leaving the ego at the door is, is really important. And it's hard because we want to be known as the best. We want to be known to be good for what we do, 
but there is that level of there is that level of uh team and camaraderie and and partnership that uh we need to to have because uh you know even the solo artists that are big artists that are known or the you know the movie stars or whatever they have a team behind them um it's not just just themselves and so how has being a team player for you impacted even what you're doing with your your new business right now ac remote mixing yeah, no, um, I suppose just being approachable, you know, it's it's built those really good um, connections with the, the clients that I, I support now at the moment. Um, it's just, you know, being the person that they're looking for and also, you know, being able to figure out exactly what they need. So, you know, it's definitely a, a really key, key aspect to what I do at the moment. How has that also impacted your business and what you're doing now with the mixing? Um, it's definitely grown. You know, I went from having zero clients in July, August last year to having just over 30, nearly 40 now at the moment. Um, so, you know, it's like that once I got the first mix out and, you know, the client was happy, um, I got three or four projects of friends of theirs who were also artists who were looking for some mixing. So, again, having that reputation and being approachable, um, and knowing exactly, I was confident in what I was doing as well. You know, I had gone to college and I'd studied this. So um, I was confident. I spent hours here, you know, mixing my own stuff. So I knew exactly what the client was looking for. So I think having peace of mind, you know, from the, the client's perspective um, makes everything flow a lot easier. Yeah, I would. I can't even agree with that more. And one of the things that I really am excited to talk to you about, you know, obviously, uh what happened last year with COVID and everything else like that messed everybody's plans up. But I also think it gave a lot of opportunity for people to realize other things they can do or other opportunities, other businesses. And really, you know, we talk so much on this podcast about you don't have to always go the commercial route in order to make a living. Um, that can be a aspect of your business or an aspect of your brand. But like, there is so much opportunity to still love what you do, use the what you're passionate about um, doing, and and build a, a lucrative business through that. And that's why I was so excited to bring you on this podcast because that's basically what happened to you. Is I mean, live gigs got shut down. And uh, what could have been, uh, you know, what could have been disaster for you in a lot of ways. And uh, unfortunately, a lot of people struggled through this because they, they, they didn't know what to do. So when this shutdown happened, how did this, this new business idea happen for you? And, and I'm excited because it's so new and it's so fresh that, you know, people can see that you can start something. Too often we hear um, all these stories about people that have been in business for years or, you know, they're talking about five years ago. You're fresh into this thing. So um, what what was it really that that where this this whole idea birthed for you? Yeah, absolutely. So the 7th of March uh, 2020, obviously Ireland shut down. Um, life gigs were cancelled. So um at the time I was doing, I was mainly focused on being a live drummer. So, you know, I was on the road, you know, day in, day out, every weekend. Um, and I was loving it. But 
um, I had to figure out a way that I could stay, obviously playing drums, you know, stay in the industry and not wait until the gigs came back, you know, post-COVID. So I have been doing a lot of session work, um, you know, at the weekends and stuff as well. So I thought of a way that not only am I a session drummer, but I also, you know, a lot of the time I'm mixing the tracks for the artists as well. So, you know, why not put this remotely where anybody in the world can basically access me and access my service? Um, so basically I had kind of an idea of where I wanted to go, but it was just tuning in, in those finer details. So, you know, starting off with the business plan and just building it up and obviously, you know, making sure that people knew about it. So like my socials, my website, getting all that off the ground as well. So what was your first step? When you when you came up with this idea, like how did you how did you get your first client? So starting out, basically, I was doing a lot of market research. So, you know, looking into other companies that were local or national here in Ireland and just seeing what they were doing and see what could I do differently that, you know, kind of put myself in the market, you know, finding that gap. So, you know, after doing a lot of research, there was a lot of um recording studios but there was no actual real remote um mixing happening so you know straight away i had you know an idea and i had a gap in the market so then it came down to you know well who am i going to look after is it just going to be these high-end professional drummers who are you know recording um albums and i was like no because coming from being a drummer myself i was a bedroom drummer for years and i wanted to obviously service the, the bedroom drummers, the intermediate, and obviously the professional then as well. So it was just making sure that I had a package to suit everybody and I had a deal to suit everybody. Um, and then it was just lashing it out on social media um, and then getting in contact with, you know, previous um, drummers that I had worked with in the past and, you know, just kind of starting off with them and then building it out. And and I, I love the fact that you say that you wanted to help the the, you know, the bedroom drummers because... I remember I got my first kit when I was three years old. It was a, it was a Pac-Man kit, paper skins, didn't even have real drum heads. Finally got my Ludwig set when I was like in sixth grade. Right. And thank God my parents liked, allowed me to bang on that drum set, uh, you know, in our house. But, um, you know, I could definitely see how there's a lot of folks out there that, want to have better sounding material, especially with so much content being put out there now and social media being such, being such a, an important part of building a, a brand and a platform. But what were like the challenges you started to see right away when you started to hit up these, these clients? Like what was your biggest challenge that you had to overcome when you started getting clients? The biggest one for me, I think, at the start was just getting that very first client. It was getting somebody secured. So um, for me, I had so much content to back me up as a drummer, but I didn't have that much content out there to back me as a mix engineer. So, you know, it was going back through old files that I was happy with, you know, putting them to the client. So what I used to do was I had one really good mix that, you know, I spent a couple of hours on that I polished and it was perfect. And I would send that out to all the artists. And I was like, this is a sample of my work. Um, if you like this, let's set up a call, you know, over Zoom, over phone. And, you know, let's let's see if we can collaborate and work together. So, you know, once once I kind of got over that hurdle, you know, 
it came a lot more naturally. You know, once I got the first five, 10 clients, it just kind of, it seemed a lot easier. It just seemed to fit right into place. So did you hear a bunch of people that either ignored you or didn't respond or told you no? Like, walk me through, Did it wasn't your first call that you got your first client, was it? No, absolutely no. Um, so for me, there was a lot of, um, you know, kind of ghosting going on. You know, there was no um, no interest and no communication. So um, it just, it took a while. And um, for me then, whenever I actually went to say launch this service, I had created a website. So I got a good bit of interest on the website over the first week. And, you know, it was just going through the email list that I had created and, you know, emailing each person, you know, introducing myself and the service and, you know, trying to, to get a client that way. So, you know, after that, I, I actually was starting to see that there was uptake for that service. So what kept you going for that time period when you were getting ghosted and nobody was responding and you're like, crap, like, did it ever hit you like, maybe I, maybe there isn't a market for this. Maybe, maybe this isn't going to work. Like walk me through your thoughts during that time period. Yeah. I, I don't think there was ever a moment where I was like this, you know, I, I didn't feel like I was in over my head. Um, I just felt like I hadn't reached the, the right market. And, you know, I think at the start I was trying to focus on those higher clients just to kind of get the ball rolling. But, you know, once I kind of scaled it back a bit, took a step back and actually looked at where I was, um, you know, I kind of, I found a new meaning to what I was doing. I was like, I created this, you know, and there, there was no way that I wasn't going to do it. It was just getting those clients. So, you know, I had the motivation from start to finish. So, you know, being a drummer and wanting to be in the industry, you know, that that's what kept me going. Man, I think that is gold right there is stepping back. And sometimes it's not about, that the business doesn't have any brilliance to it. It's that we're looking at the wrong people. Maybe it's the wrong people for now. Maybe it's the wrong people totally. But like what you said, as you step back and realize, okay, I'm not going to go for the high end clients yet. You know, maybe it was because you didn't have the credibility quote unquote yet in the industry, but there was plenty of other people that wanted this type of service but you needed to do a better job of focusing in on those people because who we focus on makes a huge impact on our marketing. Yeah, absolutely. So what did you do to change? What did you do to change your focus? Did you change your marketing? Did you change your message? What did you do when you took that step back and realized you were trying to hit a different people group? What did you change in your business model to make sure that those people group knew that you were speaking to them? Yeah, so I definitely did. The key thing that I did was change my marketing strategy, you know, changing how I marketed what I was doing. So um, an interesting one, I had this at the start with the first couple of clients. They didn't have, you know, the most professional setup as in, you know, audio um, setup. So um, the first thing I did was actually hop on calls and figure out, you know, what would be the best way to get their drums recorded. So I've actually done some drum recordings with just the mics off iPhones. So I managed to get the, the client to put their phone in a certain way where it was picking up the whole drums. So, you know, if it was just off the hi-hat a little bit at a 45 degree angle, um, you know, a meter from the kit, that was picking up the whole, the, the low end, but also the cymbals as well, which was great. So um, 
just kind of getting the knowledge there and showing those bedroom drummers that there is a way around not having, you know, all the, the audio gear. Um, I think marketing that way pushed me along so far, so did. Yeah, man, to go to say that, hey, listen, I can mix your stuff even if you don't have a professional setup. That's a, I mean, that's a pretty big, uh, that that makes a lot of other people that, you know, haven't had the thousands of dollars of gear to be able to set up and, and, and record that way. I think that's a huge proposition for you. And I, I think what you're bringing up is something that's so important is that it's really hard to understand what the market wants until we really get dialed in on who it is that we want to work with and then talking with them. So many people are afraid of jumping on the phone and actually having a conversation. What made you decide that that would be a good idea? You know, I mean, what gave you that idea? For me, you know, it's great and all talking over text or over email, but sometimes, you know, hearing the emotion in somebody's voice, you know, kind of really toning in and really kind of hearing the, the tones in their voice. Um, for me, that that's kind of really, really important and it's really, really key. Um, you know, and being confident, like I could be as confident as I want in an email, but what I want is the actual, you know, voice to voice actually hearing how confident I am in selling my service and, you know, providing the best service that I can. So, you know, it just, it's such a key part. And I think, like you said, a lot of people are so afraid of just hopping on like a 10 minute call and just introducing themselves what they're actually looking for, you know, because that saves so much time in the long run and it's such a better workflow as well. Yeah. And man, you're speaking my language now with, you know, my sales background. I just, there is nothing that replaces a human to human connection, right? And that's why I even tell people if you can, with as much as Zoom is being used, jumping on a Zoom call or FaceTime or something, because, you know, less than 30% of what we, of what people take in or translate has to do with the words that are being used. Our message is conveyed through our body language, our voice inflections and intonations. There's just so many other ways that we as human beings communicate. And so much of that is lost via text. It's, you know, the DMs don't work. And I, I know that there are programs and bots and everything out there that'll teach you how to sell people, you know, using DMs and all that kind of stuff, but nothing connects you with a client more than that one-on-one conversation. And it's also a great way for you as a business developer to really get to know your market, get to know the people that you're trying to serve. Now, here's my question is, is you know, when it came to like figuring out pricing and all that kind of stuff, how did you figure out what your prices were going to be so that you could actually be profitable? Yeah, that that for me was tough at the start because I think um, money and anything financial is like a dirty word in the industry. So for me, it was, again, a lot of market research, seeing what was already out there. Um and I wanted a, a package system. So I didn't want just one overall price. I wanted to have, you know, a, a three tier system in order to obviously facilitate the bedroom drummers to the, the professionals. So um, for me, in order to be profitable, it wasn't actually that hard because I had all the gear anyway. 
you know, this is all stuff that I had purchased back maybe six, seven years ago. And it was finally, you know, getting the use that I needed. But I had already, you know, obviously paid for everything um, and it paid for itself through gigs and through session work as well. So um, I think it only took maybe four or five clients in order for me to actually have have made a profit. Um, I know that whenever I was designing the website, that was the, the most that I had to spend um, in order to get everything up and running, which for me was absolutely fantastic to have everything already at my disposal. It saved so much time and so much effort as well. And this this whole business idea came strictly, folks. This is what I want you to understand. Everybody that's listening to this episode, this came out of realizing that he was passionate about drumming. He was passionate about um, performing, but he had a skill set in doing other things and realizing that, you know, there's other people that in his market drummers that wanted to do that, that needed what he had to offer. And there's, there's something sitting in your bedroom right now. There's something sitting inside of you right now that you're not paying attention to that. If you would combine that with your passion for uh, your creativity and your performing that you have a, a lucrative business. And so I, Andrew, what what's happened now since since the start of all this thing? Where are you at? What is is currently happening in your business, and how are you how are you continuing to grow it? So for me, um, you know, it's gone from strength to strength, um, from start to where we are now. Um, I think the the one thing that's really helped me is that I have reoccurring clients. Um, so at the moment, um, actually just the, the week gone by, I finished a full mix of drums for an album. So, you know, that that for me, that was the first full album that I'd mixed from start to finish drums. So for me, that that was like a milestone for me in this business because I had been doing one off tracks, a lot of drum covers, um, you know, two, three track EPs. But this was like a 12, 13 song album. So for me, it was a lot of work, but it it really paid off. And, you know, that again, that's going to be another reoccurring client. Um, I have guys who come to me that just want a drum cover for YouTube. And, you know, they, they pay my fee and they get a quality mix back. And what are you doing as far as like, you know, marketing is concerned? How are you starting to gain more clients? Is it all word of mouth? Are you starting to learn some new marketing strategies that's working for you? What What's been going on there? It's to be honest, it's all um, social media at the moment. Um, at the start, it was a lot of word of mouth whenever I was getting, you know, off the ground um, with past clients I uh, recorded drums with and stuff like that. But um, now it's just all all social media. So my main focus is really Instagram and Facebook. So obviously, you know, I can tap into all the social medias, but the ones that are performing best for me are you know facebook and instagram um you know just putting up clips from even me playing a session um a lot of drummers ask you know oh how do you get your mix so good and that there is a segue in well i actually did it myself because i have this online service so you know it just kind of it flows really really well and just i to be honest i don't even need to dm that many people anymore because i have so many reoccurring clients because i can only take on so much at a time so it's just kind of having those recurring clients because at the end of the day, it's easier for me to keep those recurring clients than go and scout out new clients. So, um, you know, if I can keep those clients coming back to me every time, that's me sorted. That That's my business. And, you know, as long as I give them the quality service, they'll keep coming back to me. 
man, you just, you hit a, a gold nugget right there that I hope everybody understands is easier to keep current clients than it is to get new ones. And I think we live in a one and done culture where we're like, we're looking for the sale. We're looking for the next transaction. And really the best, the best thing that you can do is really take good care of the ones that, uh, that you have entrusted to you. I, I learned a saying when I was in a, in a, a sales gig way back selling vacuum cleaners, um, was love the one you're with. And, and I think that's such a, such an important thing that we need to realize that yes, we want to look at expanding. We want to look at growing, but even if you only have one client right now, love the one you're with and, and, and treat them like they're a million dollar client. And if you treat them as though they're a million dollar client, they will, they will rant and rave, um, you know, about the service that they're, they're getting from you. So, um, before we wrap this up, man, I, I just want to ask for anybody that's 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 starting that that is thinking about starting a business or they have started it and they're they're kind of stuck. What's what's the one piece of advice that you would give somebody that you have learned through this process? Um, there, there's definitely one piece of advice that I would give, and it's Rome wasn't built in a day. So even though you know you want everything done straight away you know that that's the attitude I had going into this was I wanted it to be built in a week and I wanted to have a client in two weeks so you know I quickly found out that that's not how things work so um taking that step back and you know looking at the process that you're in you know enjoy the process that's that's the main thing you know you're doing something that you love you know you're starting this business so um you know for me it's just you know enjoy that and you know, everything will come in time. You know, it's it might take you a little bit longer to get off the off the ground, but you know, when you do, when you secure that first client, all that hard work has paid off. You you've secured the first one. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, listen, man, if people want to learn more about, you know, what you're doing, what you're up to, and learn more about AC remote mixing, where can they find you? Yeah, absolutely. So um you can find me on Instagram. Uh, it's at Andrew Conroy Drums. Um, it's the same on Facebook and I'm also, I have a website as well. It's uh, andrewconroydrums.com. So any, you know, questions about the, the mixing, um, I have a form on my website there. We can get a call set up and, you know, I can obviously talk through the process. All right. Well, you heard it here, folks. He'll get on the phone with you. So, you know, he's got my endorsement, but listen, Andrew, thank you so much for coming here and chatting about your journey. Um, I just think it was so valuable for people to realize that, hey, listen, um, you can get started and you can push through it and it can turn into something that's that's beautiful. So thank you so much for sharing your journey with us. Uh, and we're looking forward to coming, having you come back soon and share a little bit more about what you've learned, you know, a little bit down the road and, and uh, share some more nuggets with us. So thank you so much. Absolutely. Thanks a million for having me. This has been a, a really great experience. Absolutely. Thank you for listening to another episode of the My Creative District podcast with your host, Jesse Paul Smith. Here, we turn your passion into profit. Follow us on Facebook and stay tuned for another episode of the My Creative District podcast.